Welcome to Ashland New Plays Festival Play for Keeps podcast conversation series, where we invite theater artists to share stories, news, and insights into their work. Thank you for joining us. Now let's meet today's guests. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Diana Burbano, and I'm so happy to be uh, here with you today. Um, so I'm to introduce myself. I'm a Colombian immigrant. Um, I'm a writer. I'm an actor. And I'm currently a teaching artist at South Coast Repertory. And, <laughs> and that's me. Hey, this is uh, Tlaloc Rivas. Um, I am uh, recording this from Pittsburgh, where I am a... F- previous presidential fellow at Carnegie Mellon University. Uh, I'm originally uh, from Tijuana, Baja California, Mexico. Uh, I've been um, a director, playwright, designer. Um, I mostly consider myself a theater maker. And um, right now I am curating the Latinx Super Friends uh, Playwriting Hour through HowlRound. And uh, I'm about to uh, interview Jose Rivera this Monday. So if you can join us for that Q&A, that would be Monday, May 11th. Uh, That would be awesome. So I'm glad to be here chatting with Diana, who is like someone I admire very much. Oh, same, same. And we haven't haven't spoken like in a while since... No, not since we worked on your play at New Harmony. I know. That feels like yeah. like 10 years ago. Already. Oh, it feels like forever. Um, I, I just, I rem- that was such a great experience um, working on, on Tlaloc's play, um, Divisadero. And uh, I just, it kind of really makes me think about how, you, when you said theater maker, it really brought to mind how much, especially as Latinx theater makers are sort of, we do everything, right? We mm-hmm. We act, we write, we um, do the tech, we, I don't know, it's its kind of amazing. Um, but that was a great experience. I was w- working with you and then we worked with the wonderful Damaso Rodriguez, who is um, the artistic director at Artists Rep. And it was, it was just a great all around experience, some wonderful actors. And yeah, so what have you been doing since New Harmony? What have you been working uh, on? I've been rewriting my plays. I've been... Um... What else have I been doing? It's uh, no, I've been um, freelancing quite a bit. Um, you know, I directed Three Musketeers, my wife's adaptation of Three Musketeers, at the University of Evansville, and then I went up to direct a musical at Point Park, which was censored and canceled. Whoa! Um, and then <laughs> that's no, a no, whole no, other no, story. Just, no, you can't. Wow! Can you talk about that at all, or? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would I'll get love back to hear about um, that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, and then I went up to Oberlin to direct um, Waiting for Godot. And that was, uh, that was, that, li- that license was suspended by the estate because I had a cast of women. And then I had to switch plays on that. Uh, so I directed Collective Rage by Jen Silverman as a replacement. And then I was in Chicago directing for Silk Road, and then the COVID-19 thing started to emerge uh, in our country, and that production was first postponed and then it was canceled, and I returned back in back to Pittsburgh in the first week of March, and this is where I've been since. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I um, After... 
that I've been working on after New Harmony, I had been working mostly as an actor for the first time in a very long time. Um, I think it's interesting because it, it feels like we were in the middle of sort of a Latinx, you can't say renaissance because we didn't actually have the naissance, but there was a, a real season of Latinx playwrights, you know, and there was work going up and we were, it seemed like we were hitting our stride. And then I had two productions, um, I had one canceled and one postponed and yeah. it was going to be my year to have, you know, after all the work it takes to get, uh, productions done, you know, I had three and I was feeling incredibly lucky mm-hmm. and, um, I got managed to get my ghosts of Bogota at ultra theater did run thanks to the brilliance of Jeanette Harrison, our, uh, artistic director who said, no, we have to do it in January, February. And I kept going, no, why don't we wait? We should wait till April. April is a good month. She's like, no, we're going to, and she was right. She was really right about that. Thank goodness that that one got up. So, uh, you know, it's really, it's very disappointing, but it's also, it's just led to some new thinking about how we're going to create theater making, you know, in the, uh, in upcoming months, in upcoming years. I don't know how long it's going to be, but, um, I've had conversations with other writers, with other, with theater companies. And we are, I mean, we're trying to work it out. There's things going on like, um, you know, Instagram plays and of course the Zoom readings that everybody's doing, but it, it, it just feels like a very strange moment in time to be working in the theater. And I, I know we were talking about how you exercise your pain away. I sort of feel the same way. It's so, it, I'm, I'm so wrong footed as to what we're going to do, even do. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, I go, I'm a runner and I, and I find that that's the thing that keeps me sane along with, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, to the, the semi-regular, uh, conversations I have with my therapist and, and we should, I, I would love to talk at some point about mental health. Cause I think you and I both are, you know, I think we both talk about it very openly on, in social media, Yes, uh, but, um, you know, one of the things that, that, that is, is, um, that's really interesting. Maybe it's generational. I don't know. Maybe because you, I think you and I are Gen X. I'm not sure. Um, yep. That I think most of us have been able to deal with this a little bit better than others, maybe because we were latchkey kids or we we were pretty much left to our own devices growing right. up. And, and it was just a different time growing up. And, you know, uh, we didn't have, Absolutely. Heli- we didn't have helicopter parents. But, um, but I'm curious where, where do you fall with this? Um, cause there's been a lot of conversation and blogs and about, about like, we should be not doing anything. We should be doing things, <laughs> you know, that, that's sort of like, yeah, you know, it should be all about self care and, and. And then there are people who is like, no, we got to do as much work as we can. And I'm kind of in the middle, but where do you fall on that? Well, it's really odd. I, I haven't been able to write very much. I've tried. I mean, I, I had a few things that I had to write. So that's good because that, that forces you to do it, which is, you know, there's nothing like a deadline. But I'm not feeling particularly creative. 
but I do. Um, so what I have been doing is sort of helping facilitate other people's work. I opened mm-hmm. up Breath of Fire. We opened up a space for playwrights to come and write with us on Thursday nights. And it's mm-hmm. a, just a two hour meeting space that feels good and organic. And it feels uh helpful to me to be able to sort of help other people right now. Not that I, I'm not, you know, I'm not a saint. I just, I, I don't know. My brain is not in the space where I feel particularly creative. And, and it's not because I don't have ideas. I just sit down to them and I'm overwhelmed by what you were talking about mental health. I, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed by what feels like a dearth of empathy and uh, and of course, you know, I, I shouldn't go on Twitter. I should never go on Twitter, but I'm obsessed with Twitter and I'm obsessed with the politics on Twitter. And so much of it just seems like, what what can I do to change the narrative that's happening in this country towards, you know, uh, with people of color, with um, just the in, in inequalities that we're dealing with right now? It, it becomes too much to to want to write. But conversely... I feel like for my own sanity, I would like to write something very, very funny and do a farce and, and just make people laugh. That's what I would really like to do. You know, what about you? Yeah. Um, I've been trying to kind of tune out the news cause I know what it'll do to me psychologically and psychically and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say though, uh, I, and I, and I highly recommend a couple of these documentaries. One is, um, a word after a word after a word is power, which is a, a documentary on Margaret Atwood. Um, uh, and you know, she, she wrote the handmaid's tale that's on, that's on Hulu. And I thought, and, and last night I watched Becoming by Michelle Obama on Netflix and that documentary came out yesterday and they're both books about writing and they're both about how important it is to speak to the moment, to, to have that, just to be able to have the facility and the courage to, to, and be, to be vulnerable on the page mm-hmm. and to, and to share, to share the narrative that you think is unique. But yes. you realize that so many other people are going through the same thing, and it's really important for people to. I, I think I think it's you know what we do as artists, as writers, is it, it, uh, you know it isn't frivolous. You know you know this is why the Greeks, along with democracy in the Olympics, created drama, right? So you know it's mm-hmm. like we need to be able to look at ourselves and be and, and hold ourselves accountable to the very best of who we are and the very worst. Of yes. what we can be if we don't keep that um if we lose that like if we have that dearth of empathy like the which, which you talked about um yeah and, and one of the things that i you know i didn't really w- wasn't explicit about the the latinx friends playwriting hour being some kind of like okay everybody we're, you gotta come so you can write it was more about like documenting this moment because a I know that everybody's home and, <laughs> and w- what are they going to do? Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, but what, what I wanted was even after we record all of these, these hour long sessions with writers who are sharing like, uh, like tips or prompts or, or, or answering questions about their process. I just wanted to have by the end of this, uh, a documentation of like, people can always come back to this 
even if they don't feel like writing now, they can come back to it and go, oh, maybe I'll go check out the the Georgina Escobar, mm-hmm. uh, you know, thing, which was amazing. I don't know if you ever, if you had a oh, chance to see it. She's she's amazing. Yeah. It no, was that's so, so good. And it was so, it was very much like Fornes in a way. And, and I just believe that, I just believe in a way that helping people is, is for me, gives me a lot of, gives me a lot of, um, it just makes me feel better to be able to help people and uh, during this time. And, and this is the way that I can do it. Um, and, um, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's a little bit of where I am. <laughs> yeah. 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 I hear you. I, I'm in mourning for community a lot, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but I'm, and I say that with the knowledge that we are trying to gather, you know, we, it's just, but even teaching, and I'm sure you felt this, like teaching online is really a difficult thing because I'm so used to getting stuff back from my students and I teach playwriting. So it's not, it's actually fine online. It works perfectly well online. There's no, it's not like having to teach acting or stage combat, you know, but, but I do miss that. There's all, there's those subtle things that you get from people in the room that make an experience, uh, magical that I, I, I'm really missing that. And, and I think I work three times as hard to try and generate it, you know, uh, back to them through the lens of the camera. And so I come off these sessions just exhausted. It's, it's kind of interesting. I don't, the brain work, the camera, everything is my, my poor little monkey brain is just going, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, I, I don't know how much of that is like fatigue and, and, and th- there is extra effort in trying to convey the, the kind of thing that, that, that kind of excitement and enthusiasm in the classroom through, through a camera than it is in person. Right. Um, exactly. exactly. I, I don't know. Do you ever find yourself like trying, like speaking louder? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yes and tricks and yeah yeah sometimes i'm downstairs and megan gets like she gets so animated and passionate that like it's like (laughs) i uh i find that i um i wish uh i i had that i wish i had that i i try to i definitely try to modulate how i speak over the camera when I'm doing the zoom calls yes. and how I'm talking to you now. So I'm just, it, it, there, there's a sense of, there's still the part of me that wants people to uh, make, I, I just want to be able to, to be clear with my, you know, point, my yeah. points or ideas. I, I did have a question about um, post post harmony with you and post, uh, did you, did you and Damaso do something together in Portland? We did. We did. Um, Damaso and I, uh, Damaso directed, um, Isaac Gomez's La Ruta in mm-hmm. Portland, um, in November. Uh, yeah. So yes. And it was a, it's a beautiful play, very difficult play. Um, it's about the femicides in Juarez, mm-hmm. uh, told from the point of view of um, 
well, it's told from the point of view of the women who were taken as well as the point of view of their mothers. And it was one of the most beautiful experiences. Damaso is, as, as you know, he is a be- fabulous, fantastic director, very sensitive with actors. He just knows how to get a, get what he wants out of you. I, I tell this story on myself because it's kind of embarrassing, but it's also like why we say certain things to actors. Like I, I, uh, so I had this big speech at the end of it, a really big rousing sort of what I, when I read it was thinking, oh, this is my Henry V. This is my once born to the breach speech. And so of course I, I approached it like that in rehearsal you know, balls to the wall is big, loud and huge and vocal tricks. And Damaso just kind of looked at me and said, hmm, okay. And then he very gently was like, let's do this instead. And, and, uh, and of course it was much better with his direction. And even now, like six months later, I think, oh God, it was so embarrassing that I did that. But, uh, it's funny because I, then I think, oh, I get what my students are thinking. I get it. It's like, it is really hard to put yourself out there and be so vulnerable, but the vulnerability that you give out, it gives a director a, sh- a chance to really shape it. And as long as you don't fight, uh, you, I mean, obviously fight for the things you believe in, but as long as you let the vulnerability stay open, the thing gets better. And that the truth about being bigger and pulling back, I just, it, I found myself because I mostly teach, like I say, I haven't acted in a long time because there haven't been parts for me. So the fact that I had these three magnificent parts for older women last year was astonishing to me. I had, I had Divisadero and then I played, uh, the mother in Jose Cruz Gonzalez's American Mariachi. And I played Maricela in La Ruta. Uh, unheard of for me. I, I worked for months as an equity actress, which was astonishing. But, but why do you, why do you think that, that, why do you think that's been a trend in, in plays, in productions? I think because we're finally writing our own work. Uh-huh. I think it's because Latinx people are are putting ourselves on the stage and being more, I mean, I don't want to throw, no, I do want to throw people under the bus. There was a play, (laughs) there was a play that I remember doing where it was, that I remember seeing where there was one Latinx character who was a gardener, you know, for a very rich uh, family, white family. He was a gardener and, uh, the way they used his name, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to be a jerk, but the way they used his name is they turned this Latinx name into a joke. Mm. And that was the entire point of him. And I was furious. It just, I couldn't believe it. And that, that, that's what the parts had been, right? Like these little characters, these non-round, completely flat characters that don't enhance the story. They, they're jokes. And I, I just think, obviously we are coming out there and saying, we're not jokes. We are not. And we're, we are whole people in round forms and we will write ourselves as college professors and we will write ourselves as TV producers and we will write ourselves as doctors or we will write ourselves as people of the working class, but we will write in wholeness, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, oof, it just makes me so angry, it, but it also makes me really passionate about listening to the stories, promoting the stories. I mean, one of the things, one of the reasons that I've managed to, to do knock wood as well as I have as a writer is because I've had some really fantastic mentors who have pulled back 
and lifted up, you know, you know, and, and because it's not, if it, 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 it's not just if one of us does well, that's great. It's, you know, it's got, it's a movement. It has to be a movement of people sort of helping each other and seeing each other and, and telling artistic directors who say, well, I don't, I don't know about that play. And, you know, having the, the bravery to say, well, if my play doesn't work, you know, there's this wonderful play by Benjamin Benet that may work for you, or there's a really gorgeous play by Georgina Escobar that maybe you should take a look at that and just know that, that those things come back to you a thousand fold. Uh, because we, it just, we need all the voices out there, as many voices as possible and to be seen by as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will say the thing, the interesting thing about doing American Mariachi, I did it in Arizona and I did it in Costa Mesa mm-hmm. and it was, it was an experience like I've never had before, mostly because so many Mexicans came to see it and mm-hmm. felt seen on stage and were wonderfully loud and did gritos and hollered back and sang along. And, and I don't know if they were annoying the people, the other people in, but I don't, you know, none of us cared because it was so thrilling to experience just knowing that they were like, Oh my God, I'm being seen. I'm seeing and I'm being seen, you know? So that's, that's, I mean, that's what we need. I mean, that's the reason, and it's so irritating to me because I feel, I hear so many theater companies saying, well, we can't cast a, a Latino show because we can't get these actors to come out. You can't get the actors to come out because you literally don't cast us. You look at our faces that are too indigenous and you won't cast us in your show, or you cast us as tricks, or you cast us as, even if you say, oh, it's a Shakespeare thing, we're still going to get cast as, you know, the maids. And it's very, it's super frustrating. It's, it feels like I've been banging my head against that wall. That's why I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the colorblind casting thing. I think it's just, it's got to be our stories told truthfully. Absolutely. Uh, and, and one of the, I, I, you know, one of the things that is unknown right now, of course, the X factor and all this is, you know, what happens after the pandemic, mm-hmm. what happens after there's a vaccine and we're allowed to gather in theaters again and like what, under what circumstances will, what, what kind of works will we return to? Will it be, will we continue to see more diversity of people and stories and narratives? Or are we going to return, you know, is there going to be like a, a gag reflex of like doing like, the popular mainstream, mostly white um, plays that have, you know that define much of the you know for me at least the, the most of my career at the theater and it's it you know I, I don't what what I don't want to see happen is a reaction a commercial a a monetary reaction to that we have to like, we have to like build up our resources. We have to make money again. So we're going to do like Christmas Carol, like all year round. <laughs> I don't mean that. I, I'm not being physician. I'm just, you know, is it going to return to that? Or are, basically, are we going to sideline all the progress we've made in, in equity, diversity, inclusion, and justice in the American theater uh, with the hiring of more uh, artistic directors of color? Or are we going to just simply hire folks who are impresarios and, and 
business managers first rather than the art. That's an excellent point. I don't know. It, it's an excellent point. I, I do. I do see, and I do. I do suspect that there there may be. We we will lose theaters, but I also see that there might be. Uh, I'm hoping that um, that there there might be new companies that emerge from this as well. Yeah, I I hope so too. I mean, I I know that some of the smaller companies have been the ones to sort of step up on the Zoom readings and to be leaders in that. And some of the co- companies of color have really dived in in huge ways. Uh, which I sort of found myself on the end of, you know, is, is helping other people before I put my own life jacket on in that way. And I had to sort of marshal back and say, you know, my passion is to make sure that our projects, uh, continue and are continued to be heard. So forward thinking means what, and who do we reach and how do we reach them when the theater does come back? we're going to have to rebuild audiences like nobody's business. I mean, I'm, we, we know who the pandemic is taking from us, you know? And so it's, it's going to devastate a certain portion of our theater going public or they won't want to come out because why would they, it's, you know, it's going to be difficult. So I think it's, it's very, it behooves us especially to, start building those audiences, our audiences and making them feel included and letting them know we still see them. And I mean, it, it, it could be a revolutionary moment for, um, theaters of color, theaters of different diversity, the LGBTQ theaters to sort of take over the old model. Um, it, it could be, I mean, I keep hoping there's going to be a revolution somewhere, you know, uh, and, and maybe this is one revolution that we can be a part of right now is changing the, you know, moving the needle on this. Yeah. (laughs) I, where, I have a question. I want to go back to, how did you get involved in theater? Oh, I got involved in theater when I was about, uh, 12 years old. I was, um, I lived in San Jose and I, did? I did. I know. <laughs> I thought, yes. Wait, what, what, what years were you in San Jose? Oh man. Well, I graduated, um, in 87 from high school. So. 88. Yeah. W- yes. Watsonville High. Oh, Archbishop Mitty. I was a good Catholic school girl. <laughs> you know, the funniest thing about that is, is a years later, because I was a terrible student. Oh, my God. I was I was just a failure. And I realized, oh, I only graduated because my parents paid them. It really it just came as a big shock to me because I thought, how could I possibly have gotten a degree or graduated from high school with the grades I got? And I'm like, oh, I get it. So thanks, Catholic school. Because uh, I'm totally unprepared for everything, but okay. <laughs> so I, did you ever go to the garlic festival? Because I used to go to the garlic festival every summer. Oh, t- absolutely! Yes, absolutely. So we could have we could have passed by each other. We probably who knows if we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my parents are still there. The Bay Area is a big. Um, wow. Yeah. 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 So I've we're actually both had Bay Area kids. Yes, both Bay Area kids. Yep. Now I, yeah, I didn't find out about theater until like 
I was in college. And then, and then like, I realized Watsonville was half an hour from San Juan Bautista uh-huh. and El Teatro Campesino. And then, then I started to go, like I went, uh, once I got the theater bug, I went over there. I literally got in my car. I, I, you know, I found out about El Teatro Campesino. I drove over there. I walked in I said, what can I do? Like, I want to, I want to work here. <laughs> like I'll do anything. Wow. I'll, like, I'll clean the toilets. I'll sweep the floors. Is there anything going on? And unfortunately, there wasn't anything going on because they were like in the middle of, of financial troubles. Uh, but uh, about several months later, they said, oh, we're going to like we're going to do we're going to kind of like do some projects, like little small projects. And we'd love for you to like ASM. And I'd be like, great. So I used to go back and forth between Watsonville and San Juan and, and I would just do everything oh that must have been amazing and that was my that was my theater training at least the initial theater training that I got and then uh yeah I didn't realize how close I was to like this amazing resource and I also just didn't know about the history of Campesino my parent I remember my dad like I remember being a kid this is a really funny story I was a little kid and we were we were living in Escondido, which is like mm-hmm. just north of San, San Diego. And my my mom and dad were like all dressed up, and they they went they drove they said they're going to L.A. And so my aunt came to babysit us. And so I, I remember I, I remember waking up the next morning, and my folks were back, and my dad said, "Here, I want you to have this." this and it was a big button. And it was Edward James almost, and it was the poster of Zoot Suit. Oh wow! So my parents drove from Escondido to LA to to the Aquarius to see Zoot Suit, and they and I had this button, and having no idea what it was or what it meant. Um, and then, of course, later on, they're like, "You're working with it. You're working with Luis Valdez." <laughs> <laughs> for them it was just like you're like that's crazy um oh, anyway amazing. i just love telling that story because i ran into all those folks um you know rosa maria escalante diane rodriguez phyllis Parr. so uh-huh. i like i met the whole gang and they were just incredible um, it is incredible and then they kicked me out and then they said, like, go do your own thing. <laughs> I was like, fine. Okay. Yeah, I am. Um, I actually did did musicals, I, uh, very old traditional musicals with uh, San Jose Children's Musical Theater for a really like my entire misspent youth was only well spent at doing musical theater. Um Very funny musical theater where they would cast me as all sorts of things and I got all great parts. And then I went, did this, went to acting conservatory and then I got cast in all sorts of things and I got all sorts of great parts and I got really lucky. I worked at the bilingual foundation of the arts right out of conservatory, got my equity card. I think I was 20 and, and I worked for them for a while, got really lucky. You know, it's always been TYA theater for young audiences has been a great a uh, place for uh, actors of color because, you know, the grants, they always need brown people for the grants. It's only true. Don't deny it. So I would work a lot in, in, in uh, youth theater because that's where the grants were, right? Um, mm-hmm. 
But I really, it was really interesting. Uh, I, I just think back at my career and I spent so much time thinking I sucked because I didn't book things. And I thought, oh, I must be awful. I can't sing. I can't, you know, it was really, really heartbreaking. And now looking back, I thought to myself, you know, you just didn't know. You didn't, you bought into the whole colorblind casting thing. You bought into all of it and uh, you didn't know because you weren't bad. I wasn't, I was a pretty good actor. I, I mean, I'm better now because I, I'm, you know, I teach and I think teaching makes you better, but I really suffered from it. And I really want to make it my life's work that other young actors don't suffer from that, be, that they don't get cast. And it's not because it's because there's no, their stories aren't there, you know, and they, they, they're not up there on, especially on stage, which is always my passion. So, right. I mean, that's why more I, diversity in television and film now than there yes, is like yes, theater still. is still so far behind. And yes, you get your one ethnic play a year at some of the bigger <sighs> Lords, you know, it depends. So we all have to trade off. Is it going to be African-Americans or is it going to be Asian-Americans or is it going to be Latin American? Who's it going to be? You know. So what would you, what would you say to your younger self now? Like, would you, would you say, don't try to be, don't try to be mainstream or, <laughs> or would you say something different to your younger self about this profession? I, I would say, um, I would say don't ever apologize. Uh, stand up to these people who tell you you're not enough. Stand up to the people who um, want to tell you that you're a spitfire and that you should get your, that your accent is too good. Um, you know, uh, stand up to all the sexual harassment that happened because, you know, being a Latina in show business must mean I was easy. That was mm. a lot of that. Um, I mean, I would just say, I would say, you know, you're going to have it tough. So find your, find your group now, find the people, find the, find your cohort. You know, you don't need to be alone in this. You, you, there are people out there who, you know, will give you apoyo. Like you say about Juan Valdez and about Teatro Campesino, you know, I, I spent a lot of time like avoiding mi gente because I don't know why. Mm. I, because I wasn't, I was raised, you know, I was raised in a very conservative household and, and, uh, any racism I experienced happened when I started working as an actor or I hadn't seen it or we'd been protected from it because we, you know, we have the privilege of being white Latinos. So I, I just remember in school, people would say, oh, I thought you were Italian. Like, you know, oh, thank God for you. You're Italian. Right. Or I remember having friends say, no, 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 I'm Spanish. I'm Spanish. That was always the big thing, especially in San Jose. I'm Spanish. It's like, you're Spanish. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, a, that was a thing that I heard a lot whenever I went to like New Mexico or Arizona, that they were Spanish and not, or Hispanic Mexican. rather than being yeah. Mexican dude. Dude, you're so <laughs> Mexican, right? I mean, <laughs> it was the, the amount of sort of institutionalized self hatred that was sort of part of the growing up um was really something to well and to, you know it, it because mexican was hurled at us like a slur of and course. and of course that has you know that's a that's trauma man i mean you know oh, yes. It, let, yes let's we haven't even talked about what our parents went through but that's 
when uh, you know it was just a way to keep us down and to 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 minimize what we wanted to accomplish and yes, uh, um, yeah, I totally you I, right. Yeah, 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 I totally hear you. I yeah, it was um, you know I grew up in a very um, I wouldn't say it, I wouldn't say it was a progressive family but our family was pretty out there we we were my family pretty funny they're they're, they told stories all the time and i think and i tell the story a lot which is like i think i i got this the theater bug because my my family we always got together every weekend and they would they would just share stories and they would they were so they're they are the funniest people on this planet and i and I and I get their sense of humor from them, and 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 it's um, I, I feel like that's a gift, and I wanna I don't want to squander it. I want to be able to share it with the world. One of the things I've been really fighting for, and you you probably heard me talk about it at New Harmony, which is you know just get, trying to you know the the erasure of Latinx directors being able to direct at Lord Theaters, and 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 just um, it, that's been really. A, a, a cause I've been trying to champion and, and I've been finding that we still live in this, like it, you, you talked about color, color blindness and casting. Mm-hmm. I think it's more, I think it's, it's more insidious when people think of color blind directing that, that any director can come in and just, you know, do, you know, direct any play from any particular cultural, if you don't have that same cultural background. Exactly. And, and, oh I, my gosh. and I see even directors of color, artistic directors of color who perpetuate the, this erasure, this, um, this deliberate indifference of trying to, to actually seek out uh, uh, directors of color to, to direct anything the, the way that white directors are given carte blanche to to direct august wilson or you know, on broadway right. or of course or luis valdez in in you know you know anywhere else and and i just uh it um it one of the reasons why and the, this may be news to you one of the things one 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 of the reasons why i'm shifting towards writing is because i'm just like i'm tired of chasing and having to continually prove myself to white gatekeepers and 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 i'm just going to and that's why i use the word theater maker because i'm just going to write and direct and i'm taking inspiration for what luis did what maria irene fornes did what what other writers who are you know i i do want to direct my own work but i also want to write plays that get that give opportunities to other actors designers Yes. And producers of color to, to put out there. And, and that's, that's my modus operandi. So. And here's some great advice that I got from a uh, literary uh, agent. Um, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't have, she's not my literary agent, but she, we chatted a little bit and she's really super smart. And she said to me, look, when you go in a room, you finally get in a room and people ask you who you want in your show. Don't, don't be unprepared for that moment and just take the first person they offer you who has a name, who happens to be a very impressive white male, say, right. Um, go in there and say, you know, I really would like a Latinx director, or I really want an African-American woman to direct this piece. That's really, really what I want. And I definitely want the designers to be, uh, 
Latinx and, and put those things in your head before you walk in and you get overwhelmed and you forget that, you know, they really are asking you what you want. And you have that power in the room to a certain extent to advocate for other people. That's another thing we to remember who our actors are. In fact, I, I made a big list of people I liked just so that I would always have it on hand of people I've worked mm-hmm. with, people I've enjoyed, people, you know, so that I can remember these things in the shock of the moment of getting asked. Because that has happened before. And I've gone, uh, 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 I don't know. You know, when I do know, I have, I know exactly who I want to do my work and to shepherd my work. You know, I, I, I think that's part of the reason I'm so happy to talk to you, Tlaloc. It's just, it's connections. It's all connections, right? Yeah. So yeah. much. And so much. I, I hope that I, I, yeah. And I, and I wish there were more people like you. Cause I think sometimes, you know, when there, when there's a, you know, a successful play written by a, a director of color, it seems like the f- same five directors who are white are, are the ones that they, that, that, that they want. Yeah. <laughs> that I, I people agree. want to choose. I agree. It's, uh, it, it's really maddening and, uh, and, 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 and contributes to, like I said earlier, like uh, the, I, I wish there were more directors, Latinx directors. And it's just, um, uh, sometimes I'm a little sad and this gets to like the, you know, <laughs> you, that, that I, I think, uh, I, I, I may have come up at a, at a very, at the wrong time, the most difficult time where, um, where I saw opportunity after opportunity go to, to lesser trained, lesser experienced directors than, than me. But, mm-hmm. um, what I would say to my younger self and what I would say to other people coming up is to just continue to do your own work and ignore, like, don't try to make work in order to please Mm -hmm. like, or to try to get the attention of, you know, the gatekeepers or the, the major producers. Yes. Um, it's important at some point, but at the end of the day, it's more important to cultivate your voice and cultivate, like you said, those that your tribe to, to be your champions and so mm-hmm. that you can bring them along with you yep. <laughs> once you get that opportunity 100%. And, not, and not raise the ladder behind you once you achieve I mean, a modicum I, of success. Exactly. You know, Jose Cruz Gonzalez, I have known him since I was, I mean, I was maybe... 22. I was young when I first met him, but he's always, you know, he reaches out to, Hey, can, can you come read for me? Can we do this? Can we do that? He's always done it for years and years and years. And he's, he just, he remembers his actors and he remembers his collaborators and he, re, and we all, we work together, you know, and it, it just, it makes a humongous difference because those are sort of the, the, the pieces I think that sometimes we may be missing are those, you're right, the connections, the, the, the old boy network, our old boy network has to be, do we have it? Is it, how small is it? Is it really tight? Is it, are there room to let more people in? Is it, you know, too exclusive? I mean, there's a lot of questions about that and about uh, you, how to help other people achieve, uh, you know, or get up, get up there. Because if you're just the one trick pony, that's not helping. That's not really going to move the needle in terms of getting more stories up there, is it? 
Yeah. I yeah. mean, is that a reason why you're a teacher? I mean, because I'm also, a, a, you know, a teacher as well. Is that, is that, is that because you want to yeah. be able to give back as well? I'm so passionate about it to the point of, I'm so passionate about it. I send them uh, opportunities. I send them like, like submission ops. I'm constantly pushing my students. I'm like, just do it. You know, just try. No, my big thing that I'm constantly yelling at them about is no imposter syndrome allowed. None. Mm -hmm. No imposter syndrome. Let's try, you know, let's, let's keep pushing. Yes, definitely. is part of the reason. Um, Because I wish I had somebody like that when I was really young. I definitely found people like that as I got older. And of course, you know, Jose Cruz has always been there and Luis Alfaro. Um, and there've been some wonderful people, but but I want to be that when they're even younger and feel like coming out of certain universities where there has been no work for them. There's one university here in Southern California where I live that has an egregious lack of plays for especially the uh, Chicano students that they have. I mean, the Chicano population in this particular university is huge and they had to form their own theater company so they could get on stage. And I, I just, I, 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 it makes me, it infuriates me. And then I find out that, that they do this to a lot of their, their acting students. They, you know, they take all these acting students in and then they don't give them anything to do. And I, I can't understand how that's a model that is allowed to continue. How, how do you bring people into the acting community and then just take their money? I hate it. It makes me so angry. Oh my gosh, it makes me angry. <laughs> and like, sometimes I feel like I scoop some of those students up into my classes and say, you, you know what? Your work has worth. Let's talk about mm-hmm. it. I mean, things are changing there, but oh my gosh, look, how often have we heard that phrase? Things are changing. Things are changing. I'm, I'm going to be 90 years old and they're going to be saying, things are changing. Things are changing. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be in our gravestones. I yeah no I mean I I remember telling my acting teacher I'm going to start a theater company called Chicano Theater Works and she laughed in my face. I was like, oh my god, okay, okay, that's the way it's going to be, right? Um, I, I yeah, I just remember all the times people said no. That's like the worst thing you can say to me. It's like, no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. A ver chingado. Like you're going to get it. You're going to find out. Exactamente. It's funny that we remember the, the well, we all remember like the nose and, oh. and, and it's, um, you know, at the, at the same time, something that I've had to learn through therapy um, <laughs> which is the, the idea that, um, that, that for me, it's been, uh, a learning curve not to sweat or worry about what the, what other people are saying or what the, that kind of approval that I'm seeking from other people. And I think that also comes from like, being a lat, you know Latino kid, you know we all uh, we we are in be- we we are encoded with the approval gene from our you know our, our family, right? Right. And somehow that gets that gets that gets transferred to you know to into our adult lives, whether it's with a with a intimate partner or whatever, but or our boss. Um, so it's what's interesting is to. One of the, one of the great things that has, and I hate to say great things, but for me personally, one of the good things that has come out of this pandemic and being home and uh, 
being alone with my thoughts, is that, wow, I don't have to hustle to get anybody's attention anymore. Like I'm not having to do any of like the emails or calling anybody or promoting my stuff. I'm just like, oh, I'm just doing my thing right now. Interesting. It's, it's a time to focus on me now. And, and it's like the whole put on your own mask. And literally, I've been using the last 60 days to just have my own mask on to mm-hmm. really assess and to glean knowledge from all these people that I admire through the through the Zoom calls. And I'm just like, okay, this is like I'm starting my own little university here. And now I'm going to share it with everybody. And I want to learn how to be a better writer because I, I've never had formal training as a playwright. I've, I've much of my experiences come from new play development from the director side. Uh-huh. And, and that, the, a lot of, you know, that's what a lot of my training comes from in, in a few like little workshops here and there from other people. But now it's like, okay, I'm like, I've just, it's a bit like the show community where where winger gets like a he he starts like the spanish tutoring class and he says he's like certified and he gets all these people together and then they figure out he's like a fraud but they still wind up to be together because that's like they 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 learn from each other which is you know it's a little bit of that maybe i don't know that's funny because joe McHale and i went to grad school together but that's a whole other story uh like he was in my thesis which is crazy that's amazing I know. He totally forgot about me. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> um, he's like interviewing the Tiger King now. <sighs> so we have like, what, a few minutes, five minutes? A few more minutes, or? I think so. Yeah. So what, what, what's going, so you have anything going up soon besides, I know we have the, the Latinx Friends Super Hour that we're going to make sure people come and see because it's exciting. And then you have, that's yeah. available to uh, watch after you're done, right? What, what, what's our date? <laughs> we have a day. I know we're going to do it too, but I, but it's available for people to come in and and just watch it whenever they they want to, right? It's not just a yeah. live thing. Yeah, that's great. It's live and it's on YouTube. Like fantastic. HowRound. Just go to HowRound.com. Just excellent. Um, this is what else? What else? Um, what else am I doing? Oh, you know what I'm doing. Like just selfishly, I'm just going to write, I'm writing a shitload of plays. And then when this is all over, I'm going to send them out. That's all. Good for you. That's great. That's all, that's all I can do. What are you going to do? Great. Like, just get ready for the next season of submissions. That's what right. About you? Well, I actually have um, today, uh, which is Thursday, but they're not going to hear it because this will be later. I have a show going up that I, that I, a podcast that we, I made with the Parsnip Ship is going up today. Uh, on a Facebook live. And then my play Ghosts of Bogota is being read by Four Walls Theater at the end of May um, on a Zoom. And and they're pretty creative. I'm kind of excited to see how they're going to do it. It's a, it's kind of an action-packed show. So I'm I'm really intrigued because there will be absurdity and puppetry and, and I think it'll be great. So I'm looking forward to that. And then um, my play Sapiens is going to be in uh, Playground San Francisco in their festival, which I'm super excited about. That one has also got picked up by the Latinx Festival in San Diego. And uh, I'm excited yeah, to that play read aloud. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. It's a piece about um, autism. It's a piece about a 
primatologist who is on the autism spectrum, but who's managed to sort of hide it from people because she's a woman and, and women present with the symptoms differently. And it's, it's, I'm, I'm really fond of it and I'm excited to see what we can do with it. And I'm hoping that we can cast actors, uh, you know, who actually are on the spectrum and, and make that work. Um, I'm excited. I'm very excited. I, I love I can, San Diego rep, so I'm super I excited. I hope I can make it in person if, if, you know, if it, if it's oh, possible. Yes. Yes, please. But, I hope you know, if do. it happens online, I'm still going to go and check it out. Yeah. No, totally. I just, I, I really, I'm so happy for the experiences, but I do, you know, one thing I love, I love to travel. I'll travel anywhere. Obviously I love it. I've been to Independence, Kansas, Omaha, New Harmony. I go to all sorts of kooky places, you know, know. and non-kooky places, but I love to travel. And I really, the other day I just sat here looking out my window in Long Beach and just, got so sad. I mean, that's literally besides writing, that's my other passion is traveling. And I, I, uh, um, so, yeah. Well, if you ever want to trade places, let me know. We can like do a swap. Oh, that's a great idea. You come, come to Pittsburgh. And- oh, I was supposed to go to Pennsylvania with Policarpa too. I was so, uh, right. Oh, can we talk about Silhouette? Cause you, you oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's, because that's online now, right? Yes, that's the play that play for keeps um, recorded with uh, yeah yes with Anthony Held and Nancy Rodriguez, and it's a two hander. Wait, about- Tony Held? Yeah, that was Tony Held. Yeah. Oh my God! Okay, <laughs> I so know. I worked with Tony Held on the 1999 production of Othello at OSF. What? I was oh, the assistant director. I love that. it. I love how small the circles are. I know. I was there. I that love time. it. Well, I'm super, I, I'll pitch this play because I'm very passionate about it. Not just because it's my work, but, but because the artist Ana Mendieta is a forgotten uh, Latin yeah. genius. You know, I've never was, heard of her. Yes. She was a brilliant artist, a brilliant feminist blood artist from Cuba who emigrated here um, when she was young and was sent to Iowa. And uh, which is where I taught. Yeah, I know. I, like I say, connection with great. And I, actually, knock wood, I'm going to Iowa with a, uh, as a performer next spring. Here's hoping. Um, uh-huh. cool. Anyway, so, but people don't know her story. So she was an artist and I don't want to make it about her death because she really, her art is what was important. But she was, um, she was murdered by her husband who still yeah. walks free. I know. After, yeah, after hearing the play, I wanted to throw Andre Carl out the window. Everybody wants to throw Carl Andre out the window. It's amazing to me that he still lives in the apartment that he threw her out the window and with a new wife. I mean, that. I, what does he tell her? What does he say to her? I'm probably going to get sued, but what does he say? What is, she's like, no, 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 honey, I didn't kill her. No, no, she fell out the window. That's really hard to climb up. But no, no, no. I mean, if I was his wife, I'd be like, dude, dude, I'm no. I will. Very interesting, too, that he married uh, somebody as opposite from Anna as possible, you know. Very, right, but you yeah. know, artists are weird. Artists are weird. <laughs> artists are weird. So please um, listen to the play. I'm very, very proud of it, and so no, happy. To play for yeah, Keith. listen to the play. I, I highly recommend it, and and please don't you know don't throw your husbands out the window after. No, don't do that. <laughs> or do it metaphorically, or write about it. You can write about it all you want. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, and it's a two-hander too, you know, it's one of those things I've always thought, you know, if we could just find somebody, uh, it's, it's two great 
it's the kind of thing you can do reading too. It's a play that will work very well with two actors reading from the script. So I, I'm very hyped and excited that that Play for Keeps decided to release it, and so that we can keep working on getting a, a production. You know, because that mm-hmm. that one's been in the pipeline for a long time. And uh, like all plays, you know, it takes a really long time. I think I read somewhere that it was like a decade on average to get your plays up and out. That's how much persistence it takes. You know, it's not like one submission or one query and you're going to get, although I'm sure some people get that, which is cool. And I'm super jealous of. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, it's so great to hear your voice and we're going to, we'll definitely keep talking. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll we are friends, and we'll keep in touch, and we're gonna see how we're all gonna get through this together and together apart. And uh, yeah, gotta keep um, keep our spirits up and keep each other's spirits up too. That's right. Are you gonna come Monday to hear uh, Jose Rivera, or are you gonna be like busy washing your hair? I was not washing my hair. I happen to be teaching. No, but I'm not teaching next Monday. So yes, I will come. How dare you? I teach musical theater. Thank you very much. My passion. I teach musical theater to uh, these wonderful kids at Santa Ana High School and Mm -hmm. um, who are very, very wonderful. They're so good. And I'm trying to give them all the tools so that people can't say no to them because of their faces or their, the way they sound. Do you know what I mean? I'm like trying to arm them with all the tools to like, like little armadillos so they can go into those auditions and just slay them and not give people any excuses to be like, oh, well, you sound too, or you were too, you know. Although that right. pisses me off too. Hey, musical theater writers, we need more musicals for Latinx people, like ASAP. I know there's exactly. a lot of you out there. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. So, gracias, Diana. Um, Gracias, mi amor. I can't wait to see you again someday, and um, we'll be in touch again. Yeah, we'll definitely work together again. Okay. Okay, nos vemos. This has been a presentation of Ashland New Plays Festival. Our podcast is produced by Andy Neal and Cara Quinn Lewis, with written content edited by Carol Florian. To learn more about ANPF and how you can support new plays, Visit us at ashlandnewplays.org on the web or at ashlandnewplays on social media. If you like what you heard, leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.